want to try to, uh, to speak about these things for just a moment. Uh, I need your prayers today, as always. If there's any preaching, it'll be done. Uh, the Lord Jesus, uh, the Spirit will have to be here. And I need His help today. Um, had a few thoughts uh, during the week, and I was thinking uh, about uh, how things uh, were and how things was when I was uh, just a boy and how things have, have changed uh, really uh, just in the last uh, maybe 15 or 20 years. Uh, I've seen a drastic change in society, uh, a drastic change even in the, the moral responsibilities of people and, and uh, their uh, desire to be sincere and be compassionate and and really just uh, the nature of man and, and how much it's changed. And I was thinking about uh, the Ten Commandments and used to, I can remember even when I was in school, and I know even uh, for older people, but when I was in school, the very first thing we would do in the morning uh, is that we would have a moment of silence. Uh, and some people, even back years ago, they would have prayer, but we would have a moment of silence, and you could pray in school. And I want to say this this morning, even though they may not have prayer in school, as far as they used to when I was a, a kid and growing up, you can pray anywhere this morning. Uh, you can still pray in school. And, um, and used to, they, we'd stand and have the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, every classroom had a flag in it. We would stand up and have the Pledge of Allegiance, and and then, uh, a lot of times, at least somewhere in school, if not every classroom where I grew up, would have the Ten Commandments posted. And that used to be something that even you would see around uh, in the cities. You would see it uh, uh, throughout uh, the courthouses. You would see it all manner of different places. You'd see the Word of God posted. And it seems that uh, those things have been taken down here in the last several years. And uh, they've tried to do away with it. But we need the Word of God. Uh, we need the Word of God in our lives. We need it as a reminder to help point us towards the Lord and, and help us to see our nature. And I believe that's one of the reasons why the world's in the shape that it is today. And uh, I want to look for uh, some reading this morning. Over in the fifth chapter of Deuteronomy, we're going to look at the fifth chapter as well as parts of the sixth chapter this morning, and, and uh, we're going to be just kind of a little bit all over the book of Deuteronomy this morning. This, the theme of this book, if you was to look at it, would be a book of remembering, of remembrance. And Moses, uh, after the children of Israel had wandered there in the wilderness some 40 years, and that generation had died, he's speaking unto this generation of children before they would to cross over uh, the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And he's uh, telling them, he's going back and, and helping to, them to remember the things, the reason why they were brought out of bondage there in Egypt as far as their kindred. And he's teaching them and telling them and kind of going back over the things that had previously happened. And uh, so he goes back over, if you, you could find in the 20th chapter of Exodus, uh, but I felt the need to take this here in the 5th chapter today. I want to start here with our reading in this first verse of the fifth chapter. And it says, Moses called all of Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, 
the statutes and the judgments which I speak in your ear this day, that you may learn them and keep them and do them. The Lord our God hath made a covenant with us in Horeb, and the Lord had made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us who are all of us here alive this day. And the Lord talked with you face to face in the mountain out of the midst of the fire, and I stood between the Lord and you at that time and shewed you the word of the Lord, for you were afraid by reason of fire, and went not into the mount, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, that thou, that thou shalt have no other gods before me, that thou shalt make not make thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and shewing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day, and Sabbath day to sanctify it as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. In six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. And then thou shalt do no work. Thou nor thy sons nor thy daughter nor thy manservants nor thy maidservant nor thine ox nor thine ass nor thine cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates that thy manservant and maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember, thou was a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God had brought thee out then through a mighty hand and by stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath. Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, and that it may be well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill neither thou shalt thou commit adultery, neither shalt thou steal, neither shalt thou bear, bear false witness against thy neighbor, neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. And uh, I want to stop there for just a moment in time and and here Moses goes back over those things, and and there's a little bit of uh, uh, he he some things might be a little different, but in 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 the context uh, he here reinstates the Ten Commandments that was given unto the children of Israel, and as he's speaking to them, uh, first he makes this statement as far as what the Lord said. He says, uh, "Thou shalt have no other gods before me." Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. And he says, uh, or any like thing that is in heaven above or in earth beneath or in the waters, uh, in the waters beneath the earth. And uh, he says, for, it goes on down to the ninth verse, he says, For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. And that would be my thought today, even in the sixth verse, and we might take this for text over here in this fifteenth verse, in the sixth chapter. He says, For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, 
lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. And um, I guess my thought today is uh, really and truly uh, we think about idols and we think about things that, uh, and, and listen, that was part of the problem here uh, with the children of Israel as Moses was up on the mountain and, and God was writing with his very finger the Ten Commandments and he had come off the mountain as God had instructed him to. And those people in that time had uh, uh, convinced, if you will, Aaron uh, that they'd make a golden calf, that they might worship it. And uh, that's what Aaron did. He began to take those earrings from those people and he began to take and melt those things down that they might make them a golden calf, that they might dance around it and worship it and that they might declare that that golden calf was the one that had brought them out of Egypt, out of, out of bondage. And we find then that uh, 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 Moses in his anger, uh, he took and, and listen, Moses, I believe, had a righteous anger. And God was mad about those things as well. He was upset. He wanted to destroy those things. And we know that uh, he was angry with Aaron. And uh, we know then that Moses uh, got down to a place of prayer and uh, he began to cry out to, the God, out to God that, that he might have mercy on them. And this morning, as we've tried to say, I'm thankful for God's mercy, uh, uh, that he still shows us mercy today. But he is here declaring that we should have no other gods before him. And my friend, when we think about what an idol is, uh, a lot of times we'll find it in the Scripture is, is this golden calf or uh, uh, images of, of, of pieces of wood carving or pieces of stone or things that may, uh, people might worship. But my friend, I want you to know today that an idol can be anything that we put before God. An idol can be anything that we put before the Lord. Uh, uh, whether that be our, our children, uh, whether that be our job, whether that be uh, some sports activity, whether that be uh, anything of worldly nature that we put before the service of the Lord God, uh, that can be an idol to us. And that will uh, uh, put distance between us and Him and our worship and our praise. And this morning, uh, this is what the Lord here declares, that uh, uh, we are not to have uh, no other but the Lord God. He says, for He brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And uh, as we'll get over here in the 6th chapter just in a little bit, uh, my friend, but listen this morning, uh, the Lord God, uh, uh, and I'll say this, I never was in bondage uh, uh, there in Egypt. I, I, I wasn't, I don't know anything in the nature of being in bondage to Pharaoh, but my friend, I know that the Lord has brought me out of bondage of sin with a mighty hand. And my friend, He saved me, He's given me a home in heaven, He's given me a peace that dwells within my heart. And this morning I desire, uh, and that's what I was talking to Brother Steve this morning about, I have a desire in my heart to serve Him. And that ought to be all of us. That ought to be each and every one of us this morning. Y'all pray for me, I need the Lord's help. But as he goes on down here and he says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself nor serve them. He says, For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Now, I want you to think about this morning, about what jealousy is. Uh, has anybody here ever been jealous? I have. We all have, have we? If we're honest, we've been jealous about different things. And, and uh, we, that's our nature. Sometimes we can get jealous. 
But God here, He's got a divine jealousy. He's jealous in a sense that He doesn't want you to, He, he doesn't want your attention to stray from Him for anything. He wants you and you completely. He wants you to look to Him for everything in your life. He wants your full attention. He wants your full worship. He wants your life to, uh, uh, to resonate, to be around Him daily. But how often is it in this walk of life that we become distracted? Uh, as here as He gives these uh, Ten Commandments, and, and they're still, I believe, not only was they good instruction then, but they're good instruction today. They still apply today. Just because that's in the Old Testament here that uh, God had wrote these things, it's still the Word of God, and it still applies today. I believe one of the greatest tragedies that we ever had was our government and different ones removing the Ten Commandments out of schools and out of, church, uh, out of businesses and things of that nature. But you know, there's still some people that's still holding on. They still got them posted. You walk into people's homes and they still uh, have uh, the Ten Commandments up in their home. Uh, they still look to the Word of God to be their help. But he goes on down here and he begins to talk about keeping the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. And uh, I just want to hit on this just a little bit this morning. Uh, I believe in all of my heart this morning that God uh, desires that we might labor and work. And I know that uh, uh, he, that's what He told man to do. Uh, but my friend, when it becomes something that becomes constant, that, that we're constantly putting things before God, uh, how often does it take for us to, to allow the, di uh, the ox to get in the ditch before we realize that we're the one putting him in the ditch? How often does it take for us to realize that, uh, boy, I'm the one that's responsible for putting this ox in the ditch? Now, there comes a time that whenever we have to say that, uh, Lord, I, listen, if you want a change in your life, you've got to ask God about it. And you've got to be sincere about it. Lord, would you make a way? Would you open a door? Would you do this, Lord, that it might free me up to be able to do this or do that? And I believe in all of my heart when you pray that prayer, that in God's time, He'll answer it. But today is the Lord's day. The first day of the week. How much better off can we start our week off how many times do we think, boy, the end of the week is here and Sunday, that's the thing that we do on the end of the week and we think about the weekend. But listen, Sunday is the first day of the week. It's the way to start off the week is to come to the Lord's house to worship Him and praise Him. It's not the end of the week. It's the beginning of the week. How much better can we do than to come to the Lord's house? So he talks and he tells us about how we are to observe the Lord's house. He said, Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord hath commanded thee that thy days may be prolonged, that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. He says, Honor your father and your mother. Love them. Help them. Do whatever you can this morning. And, and listen, I believe in all of my heart, not only is he talking about a natural a father and mother, but I think about it spiritually that we ought to honor our Father which is in heaven and our mother which is the Lord's church. I believe we need to honor him. He says, Thou shalt not kill, neither shalt thou commit adultery, neither shalt thou steal, neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor. All of these things he instructed us. 
And they still apply today. How easy is it for us to covet our neighbor's things? How easy is it to look over at this one and say, well, this one's got it better than I do. Boy, if I just had the life that they had, boy, my life would be so much easier. Let us be thankful with the life that God's given us. Let us be thankful for the things that God has given us. I've met some of the poorest people that it ever was that didn't have two nickels to rub together and they was the happiest joyful people in the world because they had Christ in their heart. It's not about the worldly gain of things. Yes, the Lord has been much better to us than we deserve. I was thinking about days gone by and how people years ago used to live and it seemed to me that even back then that people uh, uh, walked a different way. They had a different uh, mannerism about them. They had a different moral standard about them. They had a, I don't know what it is really, but it's, even when I was a kid, I'll just be honest with you, uh, there was a fear and people's heart of being brought up on a carpet. Does that make? Does anybody even know what that means anymore? What do you mean about being brought up on a carpet? People had a fear of being excluded from the Lord's church. It doesn't seem like it bothers people anymore. People had a desire in their heart that they lived their life in a different way that when they was out in the community that they were representing the Lord's church and they were representing the Lord Jesus. They walked a different way. They acted a different way. They didn't just uh, go out and live however they wanted to, but they lived according to the Word of God to the best of their ability. Am I saying that they was faultless? Absolutely not. But they carried themselves in a different way. We live in a day and time, and listen, I'm not saying anybody here today is that a way, but we've got church. Uh, listen, there's people in the Lord's church that think that it's okay to come in the house of God and live uh, and serve the Lord on Sundays and then go out through the week and live however they want to live. That's contrary to the Word of God. You're not be in church on Sunday morning and then be in the bar on Monday. That's not according to the Word of God. That's not living a holy life. We have a responsibility. You think sometimes that uh, people say, well, if it's in secret, nobody knows about it. Listen, God knows about it. He knows about our lives. He knows the searches uh, that you do on the Internet. He knows about what's in your refrigerator. He knows every detail of your life this morning. And then we wonder why our churches are in the state that they are. It's because uh, folks want to try to come in and worship God on Sunday and live like they want to through the week. It won't work. It won't work. I'm not standing before you today proclaiming to be perfect, but I'm telling you, I was telling, me and Brother Steve was talking earlier 
about it, about how David, and we look and read about different kings and, and how that they were examples to us. And was David perfect? No, David messed up a whole lot, didn't he? But boy, I believe David had a desire in the depths of his heart to serve the Lord. And my friend, I fail God daily, but there's a desire in here that when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to cuss like a sailor. I want to live my life differently. I don't want to go out here to the bars. The answer to people's problems is not in the bottom of a bottle. My answer to your problems lies within the Lord Jesus. You know, I've heard a whole lot of people say to me in times past, they said, Brother Casey, y'all believe that you can be saved and just live any life you want to and then, then, and then you'll, you'll go to heaven. Well, if you're asking me if I believe in the security of the saints, absolutely I do. But I don't believe that gives us reason to go out here and live any life we want to live. We're representing the Lord Jesus and we're representing His church. That ought to mean something to us this morning when we walk through those doors. That ought to mean something to us. Uh, when Listen, when we leave this place, I read a thing the other day that a church had a sign over their door. It said, when you're leaving here, you're entering the mission field. It ought to mean something to us when we leave here and we go to our respected jobs or we go into our homes around our families or we're around our loved ones or our friends or our schools that we're representing the Lord Jesus. We don't get to just go out here and live any life we want to and then expect to have fellowship with God. It doesn't work that way. We live in a day and time today that if you're not careful, Christian friend, the world will rub off on you. Before you know it, you'll think that it's okay to pull in somewhere and do this or it's okay to talk like this, you know. And maybe people may look down on me after that. I just, I don't know how else to be honest with you, just to be honest. But how, often, how easy is it to be standing around somewhere and somebody telling some awful joke, it's a dirty joke or something. And you know when you ought not to even be around the conversation and before it's over with, you're laughing along with it. Remember everybody ever been like this? And then before you know it, what do they do? They look to you and say, I thought you was a Christian. I thought that you proclaimed to have Jesus in your heart. I thought you proclaimed to walk a different way, to uh, stand a different way. I thought you were different from the world. I can't tell you how many times I've let the Lord down. But here in the Ten Commandments and all through His Word, He's saying be different from the world. You're a peculiar people. Listen to what He says over here in this seventh chapter in the sixth verse. He says, for thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto him above all people that are upon the face of the earth. He said a special people to be different from the world. 
I think part of the problem is today is we don't believe there's any repercussions for any things that we do. Folks want to go out and live the life that they want to live and then expect to need God. When the time comes when they need the Lord, then they cry out to Him and say, God, I need you, where are you? You ever use the Lord kind of like a spare tire? You know He's back there when you need Him. And He's there. Listen, I don't want to use Him like a spare tire. Part of the problem with the world today, and especially sometimes us, is we get to idolizing everything else but the Lord Jesus. The one that saved us, the one that gave us a home in heaven, the one that's placed us in his church. He ought to be our idol, our everything. He says here in this 15th verse, he says, For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. He said, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God as you tempted him in Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee. Do you desire that it may be well with you? Have you tried it your own way? Have you tried doing things your own way and you think, boy, this life is hard. I don't understand why there's so much friction. I don't understand why everything seems to go wrong. I don't understand why my marriage isn't working. I don't understand why my children don't respect me. I don't understand why my finances is this way. And listen, God never promised you an easy road, but he did say this. He said, uh, uh, he said and thou shalt do which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you. If you want it to be well with you, then look to the Word of God. Look to the Lord Jesus and He'll help you. But you'll not find your answers in the world. You'll not find them in the Bible. Listen, I have no good people, good people that have got addicted to alcohol and it's destroyed their life. I have known people who have got addicted to pornography and it has destroyed their life. I have known people who have committed adultery and it has destroyed their life. It will destroy you. It will consume you if you let it. God's people, sometimes we think that we are, uh, we think that we are not uh, like the world, like these things don't come upon us. I've no good Christian people that's got addicted to prescription medication. Spent jail time. People think, well, how in the world can somebody... Listen, it can happen. I've known it, I've seen them, and it has destroyed their life. They've lost their homes, their marriages, their children, everything. Why? Because they was looking for something else to help them besides the Lord. They made that prescription medicine or that alcohol or this or that their idol. Do you want it to be well with you today? You know, that's what my desire is, that it may be well with me. 
follow his commandments. Am I telling you today that you're going to fail? Absolutely. Do I wake up every morning when I plant my feet on the ground and say, God, boy, I failed you yesterday. As your pastor this morning, I'll fail you. I'll let you down some way or another. I don't desire to, but I will. But my friend, there's one that will never fail you and he'll never let you down as long as you go to him. My friend, when you find yourself in temptations that seems too strong for you, you need to stop and cry out to God, help me. Is that not what I believe James said? He said, submit yourself to God, draw nigh to Him, and resist the devil. Can we resist the devil on our own? No, what does he say? He said, submit yourselves to God. Submit yourself to God, and He'll help you. I believe that's part of the issue today. People think that sometimes we just go out and live however we want to. I tell people, I say, listen, am I human? Yes, I am. But boy, there's a desire in here to want to do good. And if that means that I have to walk away from a foul joke, if that means that I have to turn parental control on my TV so that my children don't see the filth, if that means that if I'm reading a book that has some kind of homosexual scene in it, that I say, we're not reading this book anymore, if that means that I have to take a stand in my family's life, then I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm the head of that household. And it's my responsibility. I look at my granddaddy, I can tell you this, that man watched about four TV shows. Man from Snowy River, Price is Right, Will of Fortune, and they might have watched the news. I can't remember. I think Gunsmoke, too. That's about all that man watched. I was talking to a man the other day, and listen, we all know it to be true. You can't hardly turn nothing on without there being some kind of fear. And you know what I believe? Now you answer me this. Why would they take a child's book and put a homosexual scene in it with two dads? Why? Are they trying to normalize it to him and let him think that that's okay? It hurts my heart. It tears me up inside. That they're trying to promote these things to our children. You want it to be well with you. He says that thou mayest go us in and possess the good land which the Lord swore unto the fathers. He said to cast out all thine enemies from before thee as the Lord has spoken. Now he'll cast out your enemies if you call them upon him. You ask me, how do I know that? I've experienced it. You want things to change in your life? You've got to talk to God. 
He said, and when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, what meanest these testimonies and these statutes and these judgments which the Lord thy God hath commanded you? Thou shalt say unto thy son, we were in Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt and upon Pharaoh and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in and give us the, the, the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes and fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive. And it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. He said, there's going to come a time when your children ask you, Daddy, what means all this? Mama, what means all of these things? What does all this mean? And you'll be able to tell them, listen, I was in bondage unto sin, and the Lord had brought me out with a mighty hand. I don't feel the need necessarily. If you want to read about how God will bless you, if you'll follow him, look over there in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy for time's sake. I don't feel the need to read that, but you might mark that for your own reading uh, down the road. I want to read this, and I'll be done. Over here in the 10th chapter, or 1 Corinthians, 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians. He says here in this 22nd chapter, let me back up to 21st verse, 20th, 10th chapter, 21st verse. He says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy as we are stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all, th but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's will. Whatsoever is sold in shambles, that eat and ask in question uh, for conscience sake. For, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And if any of them that believe not bid you to feast, that you be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if a man say unto you that this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that shoot it, and for the conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why? Is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I, I give thanks? Therefore, uh, whether therefore you eat or you drink, whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. Give no offense, neither to the Jews, neither to the Gentiles, nor, for, nor to the church of God, even as as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. And here the Apostle Paul is saying, uh, and there was a question being arise, arise uh, whether or not they should eat uh, uh, those things which was uh, sacrificed unto idols and, and basically uh, trying to justify their own actions, if you will. Uh, but here the Apostle Paul uh, tells them, uh, more or less as you get down into this. Uh, but he says, whether you eat or whether you drink, whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. 
And this morning, uh, that might be my prayer for us as God's people, that no matter what we do, no matter where we are, no matter uh, uh, what life may bring us, that we do it all for the glory of God. My friend, he's talking about these idols here, that he says that, uh, that you might give none offense, neither to the Jews, neither to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. And my friend, this morning, when we think about the church of the living God, uh, it should be our desire that we bring no... I, listen, I want to tell you this morning, I can't live above sin. None of us can. But I can try my very best to live above reproach. And you can too. That we might not bring a shameful name upon the Lord Christ and His church. That we might do everything to bring honor and glory to His name. Now listen to why Apostle Paul said that, that this was his desire. He said, even as I please all men in all things. He said, not seeking mine own profit. But that the profit of many, that they might be saved. He said, therefore I'm going to give glory to God in all things. That many might be saved. Uh, you look back years ago, uh, and my grandparents and your grandparents, and, and I'll just be honest with you, it seems to me that they lived a closer walk with God. And I'm just going to be honest why I think they did. I believe they was dependent upon the Lord Jesus for everything in their life. I think they, they didn't have the, the stores like we have today. They had to go out, and I can remember my pa, he slaughtered hogs and uh, put that hog meat up so they could have food and, and he provided for his family everything that they raised in the ground they provided for their family they didn't have the means to go out here and buy and do like we do today everything that they had they depended upon the Lord let me ask you this this morning how many times have you ever prayed for rain have you prayed for rain before I can remember my pa getting down on his knees and praying that God would send rain. We live in a day and time where we don't even think about that kind of stuff anymore. They depended upon the Lord for everything. Why? So that their love might be saved. Their friends, their family, that the Lord's church might be strong. I'm not saying they was perfect today. I'm not saying that they didn't have faults. But I'm saying I believe in my heart they had a sincere desire to do all for the glory of God. This morning, let that be our desire. I'm going to read this one last thing. and I'm going to be done. I know I said that, but I'm not going to leave it undone. How do we get there? If you've got something in your life that's hindering your walk with God, if you've got an idol, if you've got something standing in your way from the service of the Lord, if you've got anger in your heart towards somebody, if you've got things that standing in your way, boy, it's hard to draw nigh to God, isn't it? How do we get there? Through prayer. Aren't you thankful this morning? We talked about being thankful for being saved. Aren't you thankful that you can go to the Lord? 
you can just talk to him. I mean, you can just talk to him like you would a friend. Brother Strode said the other night since he's had his knee surgery, he's found out he don't have to be on his knees to pray. Boy, you can pray anywhere. Listen here what the Lord said. He said, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enterest into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, that thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, I don't necessarily believe that he means to literally enter into a closet, but I believe he means enter into that secret place, right here where the heart of the matter is. Get down in here where the heart of the matter is. Is it good sometimes to steal away? And yes, absolutely. But boy, you don't have to utter one word to talk to the Lord Jesus. You can speak to him right here. Do you want it to be well with you this morning? Boy, I do. I mentioned this Wednesday night that there's a song the primitive quartet sings called There's Been a Few Times. And essentially that song says there's been a few times that I know that my prayers got through and he said I keep going back and going back and going back again. When you've gotten to your closet and the Lord has just spoke peace to your heart, you've got down to a place to where you've got yourself out of the way. Lord, I know I failed you. I know I let you down. But God, I want to walk a closer walk with you. I want to lay all these things aside, God, and focus on you. And he says here, When thou shut the door, shut the world out, pray to the Father which is in secret, and that Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye had need of before ye ask. He knows what you stand in need of before you go to it. He knows everything that we need. He said, After this manner therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thy kingdom. For thine is thy kingdom and thine power and thine glory forever. Amen. Listen. I believe the Lord Jesus left that prayer as an example to us. He said, hallowed be thy name. Holy is his name. The scripture teaches us we're to be holy because he's holy. We can't go out in the world and live like we want to live. I've oftentimes said it this way. We can't live like Lot and expect to be blessed like Abraham. It ain't going to work. What Lot do? Lot looked out at the plains of Jordan. He seen that lush green grass. 
He said, I want that. What did Abraham tell him? He said, Lot, you pick. He said, if you decide to go this way, I'll go that way. Whatever you, whatever you want to do, Lot. And Lot chose what was pretty to his eyes. The Bible said he's pitched his tent that way. When we pitch our tent towards the world, we'll get in trouble every time. We need to pitch our tent towards the Lord. Look towards him in all things. He's jealous. He wants our full attention. I don't know this morning if this helped anybody. But boy, I tell you this morning, I believe we're living in a day and time where folks' attention's drawn away from God, from everything else that's going on. And we need to get back to the Word of God. We need to get back to serving the Lord. If something is standing in your way today, I pray that you look to the Lord to be your help. Brother Mike, we might get a song this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, might you seek the Lord. But I pray as our church that we might enter into our closet this morning and draw closer to Him. Let's get us a church hymnal. There's Mary Lou. Good to see you back. Come on, Victor.